So Luke chapter 15 and verse number 8. Luke 15, verse number 8. Either a what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she have found it, she call her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I have lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for another time to be together. Thank you for these dear folks, uh, Lord, who have made it priority to be here today. And Lord, I pray that their hearts have been encouraged already by the fellowship and the singing. And Lord, as we come to your word, I pray, Lord, that it would touch their hearts in an even greater way. It's your word that sets us free. It's us accepting you as Savior that changes our lives, transforms us. Lord, I pray that the message will be received with rejoicing and gladness. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. About uh, four months ago, one of my uncles uh, bought a slightly used couch for me. So it was almost new. That's why I say slightly used, all right? It was almost new. He he wanted to be a blessing to my family. Uh, uh, he knows we're in the ministry. And he said, I just help, I want to help my, my nephew, Mark. I want to help him out. And um, so that was a blessing to us because our couch was very well used. Actually, as my mom would say, boys, that's in hard shape. It was in bad shape, ripping here, ripping there, and different things. So uh, that means you got to toss the other old one. If you're getting the new one, you got to toss the other one. Uh, so we uh, we have a sectional in our uh, living room. Uh, so we took apart the couches, you know, taking off the the seat covers. You find all kinds of treasures when you do that, right? Uh, so we took it off, and the treasure hunt was on. Okay, uh, we took apart the took the actual sectional apart, and there was even more gems to be discovered. You know, all kinds of things in that unit. And, and then we had to pick it up, and I couldn't go straight out the door with it, so I had to put it on its side. It sounded like a piggy bank. All kinds of things coming out. You know, there was coins, there was Lego pieces, there was pencils, a couple of my favorite pens I thought I'd lost forever. You know, and all, all fall on the ground. I mean, I'm sure there's times when you've gone into a, a car or a van or something, and you see some penny or two on the floor, or, or maybe, uh, uh, you've done your wash and you, you see a penny or two in the wash or maybe in the dryer or whatever. And, and now I know we don't have as many pennies anymore. I understand that. But you get the idea there's coins about. All right? And the old saying, uh, uh, it's just a penny. What's the worth? A penny uh, saves, penny earned, right? That's this old saying by Benjamin Franklin. And uh, so the truth of the matter is uh, we, sometimes we don't judge it as worth very much. You know, penny here, penny there, or coin here, coin there. I recently saw on some social media platform, I don't know which one it was, a couple who took care of a rental property or properties. I wasn't quite sure if it was one or numerous properties for a number of years. And over those years, they saved every coin that they found in those rental properties that was left behind. They had buckets of change. Now, mostly pennies. I believe it was in the States. I can't 100% guarantee that, but I'm pretty sure it was. And they brought in like five-gallon buckets into one of those big change machines and started dumping the change in there. You know, by the time they were done, I think they had over $1,200. Yeah. And all they did was bend over and pick it up. That's all they did. So, yeah, it's it's worth. Every coin is worth something, right? And, and a, a thousand or I think it was over $1,200. Uh, so when we reach down and uh, save uh, a coin, from, we're saving it from disuse. We've earned ourselves something, and it's a potential to add value, right? That that one coin. 
And Jesus tells the story of a woman who lost one coin. One. Instead of shrugging her shoulders and walking away, she went through the process of finding that coin and restoring it to its proper place. And, uh, you know, in this uh, passage, we see uh, lots of lost things. All right? Lots of lost things. We saw a lost sheep. We'll see a lost son in the weeks ahead. And all these are showing us God's value of one. Sometimes in our world we can get the, we get to think that we're not very valuable or what's one? Everyone is important. God views everyone as infinitely important. He cares about, He loves you. He cares about you. Uh, the sheep was one out of a hundred. Uh, this lost silver, this lost uh, piece was one out of ten. And the lost son was one out of two. So one is important to God. And I want us to, to look at this uh, and just get some principles applied to our hearts and lives that we see from God's Word. Uh, so uh, let's look into it. Uh, silver was important, number one. The silver was important. Now you read this and you're like, okay, she had ten, she lost one. Uh, so I, I've come to find out that doing some research and things, that in that day and age and in that part of the world, a married woman would wear a headband that was made of coins strung together. Now, I don't have a picture to show you this, but this is what I'm told. I, I did not live in that age, though my kids think I was, I'm that old. All right, I didn't live in that time period. Uh, but just from what I've read, researched, and, and these coins were typically given to the lady, the bride, at her married day, or the day she got married. And uh, it served us a number of functions. Uh, two that came that I found that I thought was intriguing. One, it was to declare her status as a married woman. It told everyone around, and men in particular, that she was unavailable. She was committed. She was a married lady. Uh, you know, so treat her as such. All right? That, that was a symbol. So it served like our wedding ring today. That's the idea. But on, on the head. Okay. And uh, apparently, from what I understand, ten was the common uh, coin collection on this headband. But uh, I did read that some who are very wealthy could as many as have a couple dozen jewels or coins uh, in that uh, headband. So, But it didn't matter if you had 10 or 24. It demonstrated something. What it was demonstrating is I'm married. Okay? That's what it was showing. It was used to identify unfaithfulness as well. Uh, when a woman had been found guilty of being unfaithful, sometimes a coin was removed. So it would bring some shame. In other words, the coin was there to bring glory to the bride. As long as the coin was there, uh, it was glory. If it was missing, it was it was marred and incomplete. So, with that uh, with that understanding, we understand now why she was so fervent in finding that one coin. Right? This is a big deal. This is massive. She had to find this, and that's why she flew into action. This coin was precious to this woman. That's why she set uh, to work. Oh, she went to it. Absolutely no value to this coin if it was lost. It was literally good for nothing. It could not adorn her head. It could not grace her life. It was loose, useless as long as it was lost. That's why it was imperative that she find it, that it be found. And uh, this was just one piece of silver, of a coin, but it was worth everything to this woman. And she went out of, that silver was out of place, it was out of service, and she was going to get it back. Of course, the object of this parable, because this is what it is, it's a parable, is to teach the value of one sinner to the Lord Jesus Christ. Just one. You see, like the lost silver, people are not created to live lives of sin and disobedience. Lord, that's not why God created us. That was not the purpose. God made or created, made created man for one purpose, 
And that's for his glory. Isaiah 43, 7 says, For I've created him for my glory. I have formed him. Yea, I have made him. And when God made him, he made man in his own image. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make a man in our own image after our likeness. So that verse there totally destroys the whole uh, revolution, uh, evolutionary uh, process. God made. God created. Hey, I'm not the result of a big bang. I'm not the result of a mistake. Right? We're not. We're not a mistake. God has a plan for you. He did it on purpose. And God made us in His image. He made man for fellowship. And He could walk with man in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3.8 tells us that. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the Garden of the cool of the day. God will come and, and, and fellowship with man. But then man sinned. He did wrong. And he became lost. He was sin separated him from the presence of God. Genesis 3.23, Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden. This is where the, the separation took place. The sin had taken place. Now it was actually physical. Uh, Isaiah 59.2 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. No, a life lived for God, for the Lord, is beautiful. It's powerful. It is truly amazing. And it's uplifting. It's encouraging. I, you know, I was in Holland recently, and I went to the Corrie Tim Boone's house in Harlem. She lived for God, folks. She went through some horrible things when she and her family protected the Jews during the Second World War. And then after the war... You know, she went on to have a great ministry of encouraging people. That is amazing testimony. Truly uplifting. If you ever get the chance to go, I would highly encourage you to go. You can read about her. There's all kinds of books written about her. But the reality is that was a life that was saved. It was, uh, and she was encouraging. But a life that's lost, that's lost. You can't bring the same uplifting, encouraging, or fulfillment. It's not living up to its value. It's not living up to its potential. But when that life is found and restored to its proper place by the power of God, that life can be used by God for what it was designed to be. And the Lord Almighty has a wonderful and amazing design for every one of our lives. Every one of us here. We're all uniquely different. I'm pretty sure you're all glad you're not like me. And I'm really glad I'm not like all you. Because God has made us the way He has. He has a plan. He has a desire. He has a purpose for our lives. And for this woman, her life could not be complete until she found that coin she had lost. It filled an important place in her in her life. You know, the reality is, God is still God, even if we never accept Jesus Christ as Savior, right? He still is. That does not change. God's still all-powerful. God's still the Creator. I mean, all those things we can list, 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 list. He still is. But when we get saved, when we accept Jesus Christ, when we realize that, hey, my life is headed in a total opposite direction of Christ, I'm doing this thing and this thing and this thing to try to find fulfillment, when the only thing that's going to bring me lasting joy is going to fill that void is Jesus. So I believe in Him. I trust in Him. I, I turn from whatever I'm trying to find fulfillment or whatever I'm trying to serve 
I turn from that and I place my full faith trust in Jesus Christ and He saves me. Uh, immediately, once I do it, it's immediate. I'm not on a probationary period where like, well, I don't know if I'm going to have you as my child. No, immediately we become a child of God. And at that moment, we're filled with His Spirit. Uh, that's what the Word of God tells us. We're, you know, it comes into our hearts and lives. And then we can be used for the glory of God. Then we're finding, we are reaching our potential through Jesus Christ. Because we can't do it on our own. Because without Christ, we're lost. And you know a lost thing can never bring potential because this loss is in disuse. The Lord God has a plan. And if we serve Him as we should, we bring honor and glory to Him. We lift up His name. We lift up His name. The search was intense. It was intense. When this woman realized the coin had been lost, she springs into action. And she sits to see it restored. This was a valuable thing. She sets a light in the house there. Verse number 8 tells us. And begins to move things around. She sweeps and searches the house until the coin is found. Uh, I was thinking about this week, and I kind of get the idea that she's a bit frantic here. She's on the move. And uh, maybe it's like uh, you when you've lost your wallet, gentlemen. Or maybe your keys. You know, you, you put them in a really safe place last night, but you don't have a clue where that is right now. I don't know how many times that's happened to me. It's so safe. The car will never be stolen. You know, and I'm frantically, you know, I've been procrastinating leaving and now i got five minutes to get to an appointment that really is going to take me about ten, ten minutes to get to and I can't find the keys. I mean, that's one reason why I'm losing my hair, you know. It's just, I'm all over the place looking, searching, you know, lifting chairs and I'm bawling at the children. Where's my keys? They're really, that's so irrational. My kids never take the keys. <laughs> but it's a good way to vent, you know. I just took my keys! You know. And you know where I found them? Usually that really safe place. I put them the night before. But the idea is she's frantic here. She's working overtime to find this. She had a will to find it, didn't she? She was motivated and she worked to find it and she won because she found it. The coin was lost in the darkness. Because that house, that's why she lit a candle, right? That, that house didn't have any windows. Windows back in that day were extremely rare. You know, it was a place for cover and things of that nature. Usually just a door to open. That was it. I gotta be honest, that would be tough for me living in darkness like that all the time. And my, I liked light, but they had no windows in that day. It was lost in the dirt. The houses back then didn't have nice hardwood floors or those nice laminate floors we can get now. No, no. It was dirt. Hard packed dirt. That's what the, that was the floor. It was in, it was lost in disuse. <clears throat> you know, a lost coin can, cannot be used. It's no use to you. You know, just because you know where that toonie is, or you think it's underneath that furniture, that's not going to help you get a double-double at Tim Hortons, is it? It's got to be in your possession to be useful. It's got to be in your hand. So it's lost. It's, the loss makes it disused. It's, it's, there's no use. And it was lost in the dwelling. It was in their house that she was looking diligently to find. The reality is, you know, there could be someone here this morning who doesn't know Jesus Christ as Savior. You're lost here this morning. What a picture the coin is of men who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Lost men are in darkness. They might be brilliant. And there is a lot of brilliant, genius uh, individuals out there. Absolutely. Uh, they've, I, I've seen some great things uh, built, you know, some marvelous structures. 
I uh, recently uh, went to Ireland with my wife, and I saw a lot of castles. You know, and amazing that they built these things hundreds and hundreds of years ago, and they're still standing. You know, I'm I'm not gifted in that area of building, and so I'm watching, looking like, wow, that's amazing. You know, it's pretty neat. I've been on some. Uh, well, when I flew to Europe, I was on a plane that had two levels. I'm like. Which level safer? It doesn't matter. You're in the air, right? And the reality is that's amazing that there's two levels. And it's amazing there's a plane for one. Then there's two levels and there's hundreds of people and all kinds of cargo. And you're flying at 30,000 feet. And outside this thin skin thing is like minus 50. I mean, it's truly amazing. It gets you there quick. It's, it's pretty awesome. So, I mean, there's, there's lots of genius and brilliant. And I've been on some big bridges. I've been on some big boats. But the reality is they can have all kinds of visions for these things, but they're lost spiritually. They're blinded spiritually. Second Corinthians 4, 4, in whom the gods of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So those men lost in darkness. They're lost in the blackness of the spiritual ignorance. They do not know their condition. They do not know why they're, they, what they need. And until after they understand the Lord and after they're introduced to the gospel, uh, and Ephesians 2 1 says, and, and he, and you have he quickened who are trespasses and sins. The reality is they need to be introduced to Jesus. Hey, I can remember, uh, uh ministering in Newfoundland and uh, a couple kids had come to our Sunday school there in Deer Lake and, uh, they were actually in foster care and, uh, this family was, you know, they brought them to church and, uh, we told them about Jesus and the little girl looked at me and goes, who's Jesus? I mean, she wasn't joking. It wasn't a uh, sarcastic amount uh, statement. She had no idea who Jesus was. Well, I was very happy to tell her who Jesus was. Amen. And to tell her all about what He had done for you and for me. Uh, so the reality is, people need to know about Jesus. And, and listen, we can't get to heaven unless we go through Jesus. We can't get to heaven unless we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Uh, that talks about John six forty four. No man can come to me except the Father have sent uh, me draw him, and I will raise him up the last day. Jesus is the way to heaven through Him. You're not going to get to heaven any other way. You could find all the other religions of the world, and you can do all kinds of great moral things and do great things and be nice. And there's nothing wrong with having good morals and being a nice person. There, that's wonderful. But that's not going to make you saved. It's not going to give you, grant you access to heaven. And you know what? Even if you do those good moral things and you're a good person, there's still going to be emptiness in your heart and life. Because the only one who can fill that emptiness is Jesus Christ. He's the only one. Last men are in the dirt. When a coin was stamped, it was stamped with the image of the ruler. We still do that today with our coins, right? The queen still graces our coins. When a coin was lost in the dirt, the image of that ruler on that coin was hidden. It was marred. Uh, so it is with lost men. We are made in the image of God, but that image has been marred. And the men, all the world, uh, men, women, boys and girls, we all need to be cleansed uh, to be restored by Jesus Christ. We need it. You know, I've met some people say, well, they maybe you don't like the word dirty. You might say, well, I don't sin. I'm not dirty. You know, it's not me. Well, look at the world. Look, watch the evening news for a little bit. And you'll see that our world's not heading towards righteousness. It's headed to wickedness. It's there. You know, men tend towards error, tend towards uh, uh, the, the, the wrong. And uh, Listen, even as physically, we 
that's the way we'll go. Hey, it's been super hot, right? Yeah, I'm not complaining, but it's been super hot. And I've been living in my basement where it's nice and cool. Hey, if you stay out in that heat all day long and you don't take a bath, you're going to smell real quick. That's still just a tendency of man. We're, we're going to become dirty. We're going to do what's wrong. It's our sin nature. And plus the spiritual world. Men tend toward error. We tend toward sin. And we need the intervention of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need Him to change us. We need Him to clean, cleanse us and, and bring us to heaven. The whole thing. We need Jesus. Not anything that man comes up with. Lost men are in disuse. Just as that lost coin is unusable, so is a individual who does not know Jesus Christ as Savior. You might say, well, I'm not saved. You mean I'm not useful? Oh, I'm sure you're very useful. You're, you're a great mom or you're a great husband. You're a wonderful daughter, wonderful son, so forth. You do your best. I don't doubt that. But the reality is you cannot make, you can't do anything of eternal value without Jesus Christ. There's not, you, you can't. Because you need to know Christ as Savior. You absolutely need that. That you need to be cleansed by Him, to be restored to where you need to be. Lost men are everywhere, just like even in that dwelling. You know, I, f- I found lost coins in cars, in the yard, uh, in the street, in the mall, on the sidewalk, car ferries, in airplanes, seats of airplanes. I found them all over the place. I found them in my house. The same is true with individuals who do not know Jesus Christ their Savior. They're all around us. They're, they're all over. When this coin goes missing, this woman sets about the business of finding it. She makes up her mind that well, she's going to do whatever it takes to find it. And she goes to work. She sets that light up. She moves the furniture. She sweeps the floor. It looks everywhere. And she's searching for that coin. And she didn't stop until she found it. Now, this is a great picture for us. Uh, you know, God has done everything as necessary for individuals to come to Jesus Christ to be saved. He's done it. It's finished. He loves them. Let's just look at this. He loves them. God loves the lost. But God commended His love toward us and while that we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loves you. God loves you. Now that, that, uh, uh, love is, you know, it's talked about in the world that God loves people and God's love. and uh, So then it often goes to, well, well, how can God judge? We'll look at that in a second. But God loves you, first of all. God loves you. The Lord have uh, appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I love thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, saying, Yea, I love thee with everlasting Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. So He loves you. Isn't that a great way to start a relationship? Know that He loves you? God loves you. And he's provided a perfect salvation, Acts 16.31. And they said, this is Paul and Silas, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now, that's what he says to that Roman jailer and his family after they've been through an earthquake and things. And uh, the, the Roman jailer brings them back to his house and he says, I've heard you singing. That's not exactly in the Scripture, but he definitely heard them singing. He knew of their testimony. He was told why they were in the jail. And he says, what, you know, what, 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 what do I need to do? And he says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now, the idea of believing there means that you're forsaking all others and you're believing in Jesus Christ. It's not Jesus plus this and Jesus plus that. It's a turning from all those things and just putting your full faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He paid, he gave his son to pay off the price of redemption. First Peter 1.18 says, For as much as ye know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold 
from your vain conversations received by tradition from your father, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Jesus died for you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Another verse that indicates how much God loves you and that He provided salvation for all. For whosoever. Put your name in there. He died for you. He provides salvation for you. And He's calling men to Him. Matthew 11.28 Come unto Me all ye labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest. You know, And when they come... When an individual understands that they're a sinner, they see, hey, this system is whatever you're believing in, is not doing it, is not right, and you put your full faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and you follow Him, and you know, you're know you saved, you make that choice in your heart, because it's a choice. I can't make it for you. You have to make it. So when you make that choice, you're saved completely and eternally. Amen? And never fades away. It never goes away. God doesn't forget. John 10, 28, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my Father's hand. He has a perfect plan to save individuals. To save the lost. He has a perfect plan. You know, we may wonder why this woman went through all this trouble just to find one coin. Just one coin. You know, just think about it. You know, uh, some people uh, blow a day's wages to stay in a fancy hotel one night. Say, yeah, we'll do it. Others might uh, uh, spend a, a pile of money for something else that seems very uh, trivial at best. Her reason was that one coin was an immeasurable value to her. She was willing to do anything to see it restored. One coin to her had tremendous value. When it comes to people, we live in a society that often diminishes the value of individuals. I'm not saying it always does, but there is a segment of our society that does. Life is often viewed as cheap. Or if it's not viewed as cheap, people are viewed as being more significant than other individuals. And, and uh, hey, believer, that's absolutely wrong. As Christians, we need to view everyone the same. They, Jesus loves them. They need Christ and need to treat them the same way. All right. There's, there's no preferential treatment. We all need to treat everyone the same. And their greatest need is Jesus. Their greatest need is Jesus. Uh, I think of any kind of abuse, uh, spousal abuse, uh, uh, women being abused, elder abuse, children abuse. Uh, you know, all those things, it devalues life. It says you're not as important as me. I'm more important than you. But from God's perspective, every person has eternal value. Everyone here, everyone in this world has eternal value. Praise His name that He saw value in you. He saw value in me. He loves those who are lost. He, today, He pleads. I don't doubt for a moment that this morning He's working in hearts of people here that who don't know Christ as Savior. And He says, come on to me. Come on to me. And I will give you rest. Come on to me. And he labors. And he, he convicts. He, he causes the, those the witnesses to come by and testify of the goodness of God. Regardless of who you are, the Lord Jesus Christ loves you. He sees value in your life. He knows your name. 
I told you earlier, I'm really good at forgetting. I don't know how many times I've forgotten people's names or told, uh, called up the person uh, the wrong name. And I'm so glad so many of you who are very gracious and just look at me, nod, smile, because I'm looking right at you and I call you Bob and your name is Joe or whatever. You know, you're like, oh, yes, no problem, Pastor. And then like five, like it's usually about five or six hours later, I'm like, oh, his name's not Joe or Bob, whatever it is. You know, the reality is the Lord Jesus Christ knows your name. He never makes mixed up. He knows you. He knows what you're facing in your life. He knows it all and He still loves you. He loves you. He, he won't cast you aside. You might say, well, you know, you don't know how bad I've been. And, uh, you don't know about my past transgressions, my sins, my, my wicked thoughts, my wicked deeds. You don't know them, Pastor Alcock. You don't know the present situation I'm in and the failings I have. Listen, I might not. And God knows and He still loves you. And He's calling you, come. Come on to me. Come on to me. That's some wonderful, awesome news this morning that He loves you. He's here to save you. He's here to cleanse you. He's here to change you and use you if you will come to Him by faith. The success was marvelous. In verse 9, when she had found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I've lost the peace which was which I had lost. When this woman found that coin, she retrieved it and she restored it to the place, the proper place. You know, just as that coin could not lift itself out of the darkness and the dirt and disuse, neither can lost individuals deliver themselves. Listen, you can go to all the great programs today, and I don't even know what they are out there, but you can go to all kinds of programs. You can read the greatest self-help books that are on the go right now that are the most popular. You could, you could try to reform yourself. You could try to do this and you could try to do that. Maybe listen to some sage and wisdom from an older person and, uh, and maybe do this or maybe do that. But no amount of reformation will change your life. But when God comes to a lost sinner, when you accept Jesus Christ as Savior, He releases you from the darkness, He removes you from the dirt, and He redeems you from the disuse. And you can read all about that in Ephesians chapter 2. The whole chapter is all talking about that. How he does that. Listen, salvation is not reformation. It's a transformation. You are changed from the inside out. You're not trying to change the outside to get in. You change inside and outside changes. I mean, how many testimonies can we think of of people who once were living a life of sin and debauchery and all those other things, and they got saved, and then people are like, what's different with you? Oh, Jesus is the difference. Jesus is the difference. It was a cause of great rejoicing. She called her friends. She called her neighbors. And she said, I rejoice! I found the coin that was lost! She rejoices. This is a happy day. I think we all do some sort of, uh, when we get a positive outcome, a really good outcome on something, we all do something as a little bit of rejoicing. Now, I'm not here promoting dancing or anything, but some of us do a little happy dance. I've seen you do it. Woo! Yeah! Yeah! Get it! Maybe your uh, kid uh, passed some sort of hard course. Yeah! Or maybe you pass to something, uh, maybe you got promotion at work and you're walking out, you're trying to keep it all together and, I got that job. Yeah. Every one of us does it. 
It's just natural. We're excited. I mean, if I never saw any excitement in anybody, I'd be like, Eric, oh. hello? Anyone there? We all have emotion, folks. You know, so it's exciting. It's encouraging. Yeah! You know, proper thing to be a bit excited about things. You don't want to go overboard on it or anything, but, you know, don't do a happy dance and throw out your back or anything, okay? But the reality is we all do something to rejoice. You know, like, yes, praise the Lord. Hey, rejoice when God has done something good in your life. Amen? I think it would be wise for us as individual believers, those who've made that choice for Christ, uh, we need to stop and pause and give God the glory. Because, man, we're so quick to forget our blessings. We are super quick. Uh, and I'm preaching myself just as much as everybody else here this morning. Uh, i I got to make a point of saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And you don't realize the blessing until it's gone. Or something happens. Uh, this weekend. So Thursday, uh, myself, Pastor Matt, JC, we went down to camp, dropped off the, the life jackets to camp. And we had a meeting about... Uh, Pastor uh, uh, Cook's church getting started there in Sarnia. And then we on the way back, we had a meeting with Pastor Yeomans, Pastor Holland about help. And, 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 you know, I'm all excited, like, yes, yes, this is great. And then my wife texts me, goes, AC's broke. No! <laughs> this is not the way the day's supposed to end. You know, and so I get home and it's hot. You know, uh, just yesterday afternoon, they finally got to go, or sorry, Friday, they got to go and, be, and just as they got it going, it was 83 degrees in my house. It was hot. Then I was very thankful and praised the Lord for people who know how to fix air conditioners. I was very thankful to have one of those programs on my bill that they bring people in to fix it for free if something breaks. Well, it's not really free. I pay for it. But I didn't have to pay for it at the moment. You know, and I was so glad. And I was so glad when that air conditioning worked and I stood on that vent. <gasps> Ah, you know, the reality is we forget our blessings so quick. Hey, write them down. Write them down. And you might say, well, pastor, no, they're not insignificant. Everyone is important. Write them down. Write them down. And see what God has done for you. See what he's done for you. Verse 10 makes a transition to heaven. Likewise, the saying to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sin that, a sinner that repenteth. One sinner who accepts Christ as Savior. There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God. Over one. Not over a hundred. Not over ten. Not over fifty or five, but one. Heaven gets excited when one comes to Christ. Isn't that imagine? I, I, amazing? I can't even imagine uh, how that excitement looks. You know, uh, I, I myself, I love trumpets. Okay? I can remember as a kid, my mom bought me a uh, cassette. This is, I'm dating myself here. Okay, cassettes. Oh, old. All right. I remember my mom buying me a trumpet cassette tape. I don't even know who it was. And I'd blare that thing in my downstairs in the basement. And sometimes my mom's like, Mark, turn that down! It's too loud. I just love the sound of the trumpet. I just love it. And, and I, I love to think that the trumpets are blowing in heaven when that individual gets... I mean, I don't really have a verse that I can think of. You, you know it. Let me know after. But I know there's rejoicing. And in my mind, rejoicing, there has to be a trumpet. All right? It, there's rejoicing in heaven over one. I, 
just think, why is there rejoicing? Something that was lost is now found. It's no longer lost. It's now in the proper place. Hey, remember I just talked about that? You're excited. You know, you find, you know, sometimes you find the keys, right? Yes, found the keys. Time to go. Hey, listen, a value of a soul is so much more than value is keys. And in heaven, there's rejoicing because the, that lost individual is now in his proper place. God is glorified. He's going to be in the right place. There's rejoicing because that individual is no longer on the pathway to destruction, no longer on the pathway to hell. That which was unusable now is available for the Master's use. That was which was marred and made ugly by sin is now cleansed and perfect, beautified by the grace of God. Now, you're not perfect in the sense you never sin again. But the idea is that you're perfect in the eyes of God. You, you're, you are allowed into His presence. Listen, it's a glorious day when a lost person, when someone who's lost, accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's a wonderful day. I still think of the day when I got saved and how the Lord's changed my life. It was a transformation. And I would think there's many here this morning would give testimony the same thing. That Pastor, I was heading this way. I was doing this thing. And the Lord convicted my heart. I accepted Christ as Savior. And now I'm this way. And, oh, no, things aren't perfect. But the Lord's in control. And He's helped me every step of the way. God is interested in you. He loves you. You know, there's individuals who are insensitive and, uh, you know, talk about how people are worthless and this and that. And uh, maybe some people would say, God doesn't care about you because this problem's here or this problem's here. Listen, God cares. He finds worth in your life. He has a purpose. He has a design purpose for you. And He cares about you. He doesn't care about what other people think about you. He loves you. Don't get too tied up what other people think about you. Be more concerned about what God wants you to do. He looks at you, and through His eyes of love and grace, He sees you as worthy of salvation if you would just accept it. Because God is a God of love. There has to be judgment for sin. He will not let sin into heaven. So you have to accept Christ as Savior now because you don't get a chance in eternity after this life. You have to make the choice now. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like that lost, like that coin, you're lost. Hey, if you are, I would encourage you to see us after the service, talk to myself, Pastor Matt. Uh, during the invitation of the moment, you can come as well. Uh, and know Christ as Savior. It's not hard. It's not a 12-step process. It's not going to take you three months to figure it out if you accept God's Word for what it is, His Word. I think we all know somebody who's lost this morning. If you're here this morning, know Christ the Savior. Maybe he's a family member. Maybe he's a husband or wife, whatever the case. Hey, aren't you so glad that God loved you enough to pick you up out of there? He loves that, that spouse too. Let's be praying for him. Let's be working. Let's do our best to show them Christ's love. God cares about you. You. He said his son to die for you.